It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum 239. Um, possibly slightly unusual this week. And, and by the way, thank you to everyone who's listening to Quantum because the numbers seem to be increasing rather substantially in the past couple of weeks. Not sure why. I'm calling this one The Outsiders. If you're new to Quantum, we look up news and views, usually from throughout the world, from a Christian perspective, but open to all. Um, although we are the outsiders and we'll explain why. But uh, maybe some of you will know what this is, some of you won't, but have a listen to this music from the island of Lewis. That is a Gaelic song, I won't even dare to try and pronounce it. Some of you I know listening to this do speak Gaelic. It's a walking song. Uh, doesn't mean walking, uh, but rather the w- it was a song that was used as the women used to beat the, the tweed and uh, make it into the material that uh, we now know. Well, I, I put that there because uh, women from the Scottish Highlands and Islands the Gaelic women especially, they are pretty strong women. I should know, I'm married to one of them. But another is a young woman called Kate Forbes. Now, many of you won't know her story, um, many of you will. Her story is very simple, she's 32 years old, she's Scotland's finance minister, she's standing to replace the resigned first minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon. She's intelligent, articulate, great command of her brief, people love her. Except people hate her. Well, some people. The Twitterati uh, are elites in our culture because in the past couple of weeks they have been doing the absolute most to get her cancelled, to get her to withdraw from the race. Now, so far she hasn't. Why? What has she done? She's a Christian. So although this has nothing to do with the current election, uh, she's asked questions like, would you have voted for gay marriage 10 years ago? And she said, no, I wouldn't have. Well, she's been honest. Now, gay marriage is not coming up for a vote, but it doesn't matter. You see, it's not about the policies. It's not about what could happen. It's about even having the thought. That's the world that we live in. It's the world we live in in Scotland. Now, I'm very grateful to you, uh, all of you who encourage me and help me in this work. And uh, as a result, what happens is it gets noticed elsewhere. So um, the story was that I was uh, sitting praying for Kate, because I know the battering she's been taking, and uh, 
the phone rang and it was the BBC asking me to appear in 20 minutes on The World Tonight. And I'm going to play you the full clip of this. Forgive me for indulging in this, but I think it is. Uh, it's important. And it's great to be able to uh, get on the BBC and explain it from a more Christian perspective. So um, here's this, I think it's about five or six minute clip. I'm joined now by David Robertson, a former moderator of the Free Church of Scotland, who's now working for Sydney Anglicans in Australia. Good morning, I think uh, I should be saying to you, David Robertson. Yeah, good morning. Uh, <laughs> nice to talk to you. I'm, I'm talking to you recovering from COVID, so please forgive me if my voice is not that great. Well, thank you very much for speaking to us. Uh, Kate Forbes has made it plain that she's simply expressing her religious views. There's clearly been a very strong reaction to that. She says it won't affect uh, uh, legislation that's already been passed. What do you make of the reaction to her to her openness, let's call it that? Yeah, I think the the more interesting thing here is that she was she wasn't standing up and saying these things. She was being asked them, and she's being asked them continually by journalists. And I think prompted by the establishment, shall I put it, within the SNP, who are horrified at the prospect of her replacing Nicola Sturgeon. Um, so she basically gets asked gotcha questions. And unlike many many Christians in the UK today in politics, feel they have to avoid. She'd been advised to lie. Um, and she said, no, I'll just be honest. Well, and what she... But, but what are they horrified by? Are they horrified by the fact that they see her as illiberal? Are they horrified by the fact that they feel she may threaten the established order? What is it that you think they're horrified by? After all, well, many people it's... thought she was the front runner. Yeah, it's the latter. And Well, she is the front runner, and that's why they've gone for her with such viciousness. I mean, I don't know if you've been following, but it's it's uh, even Joanna Cherry has been forced to say, "Look, call off the hounds." It really is quite ridiculous. They're 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 horrified at the prospect of the establishment having gone, but they're not horrified at her being illiberal. There is no one more illiberal, I think, in the UK at the moment than the Scottish government. I mean, the current the person whom people now expect to be elected, Humza Yousaf, passed hate crime laws, which, amongst other things meant that parents could be penalised for what they said but, at their kitchen table to their own kids. But, but, that, but that's so, a, a narrow political point and people will argue over that. But the politics here is about her religious views. Are you surprised that, uh, that in a sense, she, did, she didn't have to choose to be so open about her religious views? She could have dodged these questions. She could have answered them differently. Well, she could have lied and she could have dodged them and they would have persisted because every single person knew. Now, the people, the MSPs who are withdrawing from her at this moment are doing so out of sheer cowardness, not because they've suddenly realised her views. They know our church. They know what we teach. By the way, we teach the same as the Catholic Church and as the Muslims. I in, I'm, I'm intrigued that nobody has asked Humza Youssef about the Quran or some of the passages in it. And incidentally, none of them have asked him about he, he, what well, his he, personal views are on same-sex marriage. He was none asked about his views on faith, I think, by a BBC reporter yesterday. Uh, and so that those questions have come up and no doubt that they will now, I imagine, come up again. But, but do you think then, Kate Forbes, it will become impossible for her to stand as leader, given that these, these views, these chasms have opened up on these specific issues? No. I, I think, first of all, let me just uh, go back a little bit. Hamza Yousaf was asked about faith in, in, in general, and he said it didn't affect his policies, which if, if, you, if the journalist had pushed on that, doesn't make any sense at all. But you could ask about specific things. Kate Forbes is being asked about every specific detail about social liberal policies that 
pe that people don't agree with her views. They're not, she's not being asked about poverty, which for me is a much more important issue, or independence, or the NHS. But Why is that the case? Because they're trying to get her. So I think that we've got an irony here. The National, which is the kind of Pravda of the SNP newspaper, is running an, a poll at the moment, which I think they're beginning to regret, because every day, in fact, every hour, they've run an anti-Kate Forbes piece. And yet, despite that, asking SNP supporters, who would you vote for? Humza Yousaf, 19%, Reagan, 44%, and so, Forbes, 36%. So you think this if is Forbes about her... If until the debates, she'll win. You think this is about her popularity, but what do you say to those who'd argue it's simply that the party believes that her views are out of step with mainstream public opinion? Well, you see, the trouble is, you're right using the phrase the party, what the party says is true. It is extremely Orwellian. I don't think that the, I think we keep getting told what mainstream public opinion is. Okay. And I want to know who determines that opinion. I personally think that most people admire a politician who's willing to speak the truth. See, the point is here, we're Briefly. arguing about an issue, same-sex marriage, which is not going to come up for a debate. And we're ignoring issues like the failure of the NHS, which Humza Yousaf is currently in charge of, All right. which is, is in reality right now. And it seems to me that this is absolutely an anti-Christian getcha. And if, if, if she is forced out, then I would suggest this is a sign of an illiberal, intolerant society, not of a tolerant society. David Robertson, former moderator of the Free Church of Scotland, thank you very much. Let's speak to someone now. Now, I think that kind of is self-explanatory. If you go onto my website, you'll see more other things. If you're from another country and you say this has nothing to do with us, well, it does, because this is the way it's going. One of the main rival to uh, Kate Forbes is a man called Humza Yousaf, who established Scotland's hate crime laws, who's a highly ineffective politician. But you will notice that he'll never be questioned about his Islam. So a journalist, if, you, if Kate has been getting gotcha questions. If I went to Humza uh, Yousaf as a journalist, I would say to him, do you believe the, that the Quran is the word of God? As a Muslim, he has to say yes. And then I would say, well, do you think the Quran is correct in what it says about polygamy or domestic violence or the fate of unbelievers? And then he's stuck. Because he can't turn around and say, well, it is the word of God, but God's got it wrong. So, um, but nobody's going to do that to him. Why? Because to do that is Islamophobia. There's two other things about this I want to say there. Um, I noticed that Chris Law, who used to be the MP in my old area in Dundee, well, he still is the MP, I heard him at a public meeting in St. Peter's Church in answer to a question, speak in support of the right to polygamy. Now, it was such an astonishing thing. Um, I think even the green person there didn't agree with that. Uh, the next day, the Daily Mail got in touch with me and said, if this has happened, I said it had. The SNP central office denied he had ever said it. They, they just lied completely. It was an absolute straight out lie. And I'm pretty sure we didn't record it. Um, but he did say it. Then the other thing I would say about this is that there's an irony in politicians and commentators talking about Scotland's diversity and tolerance whilst leading a witch hunt, because that is what it is, against a woman who does not share all their social views and demanding that there be no place for her or any who think like her. And then the sad thing is about the church. John Swinney, uh, I think he's the deputy first minister. Ross Greer of the Greens, who's in the Scottish government. 
they've both been very, how will I put it, forward in saying, we too are Christians and Kate is wrong and so on. And in Scotland, one of the problems that we've had is the backsliding of the church. It's just become largely a spiritual, inverted commas, um, mouthpiece for the establishment order. Very sad. So I don't know. I hope Kate survives. It's somewhat ironic that so many of us feel like outsiders in our own country. But let's go to another instance. Aaron Edwards is a teacher at Cliff College, an evangelical theological college in Wales. On last Sunday, he said this, tweeted this, homosexuality is invading the church. Evangelicals no longer see the severity of this because they're too busy apologizing for their apparent, apparently barbaric homophobia, whether or not it's true. This is a gospel issue, by the way. If sin is no longer sin, we no longer need a savior. Well, he's been suspended. Cliff College has said the language used is inappropriate and unacceptable and does not represent either the views or the ethos of Cliff College. And I do wonder about the people in Cliff College. I mean, I wonder if they're going to be able to cope with the Bible because the language used in it in today's society is also unacceptable. Um, I mean, what if someone stood up at a Cliff College uh, sermon and said this, uh, God gave them over to shameful lusts. In the same, even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their area, for their error. Is that not unacceptable language in an evangelical college? Wow, we are committed to being a safe space. They say, yeah, maybe except for Christians who hold to the Bible. Uh, speaking of which, we'll go to, to Russia. Vladimir Putin has mocked the Church of England for having discussions about using gender-neutral terms for God. He calls it a spiritual, spiritual catastrophe. Um, millions of people in the West understand they're being led to a real spiritual catastrophe. Well, he's right. He's absolutely right. And he's also still completely wrong and wicked to invade Ukraine. Speaking of Ukraine, uh, this happened this week. Air raid sirens sounding across Kyiv as 80-year-old Joe Biden defies Russian threats, walking with Vladimir Zelensky through the Ukrainian capital. A milestone moment of solidarity from the leader of the free world, laying a wreath at the memorial to Ukraine's fallen soldiers. Now, I find this, strangely enough, in one sense it's quite inspiring. In another sense, it's pretty depressing. I'm absolutely certain that the Americans and the Russians are going to fight a proxy war in Ukraine until they wear each other out. I just That depresses me so much. Uh, I saw one American senator saying, we'll fight to the last man. No, you won't. American troops are not being killed. Ukrainians are. But you may fight to the last Ukrainian. That suits you. I just, again, I just, I'm in despair about that whole situation. But I'll tell you what, let's uh, do something else. Here, here's a song from Australia.
cost me 30 bucks to fix my budgie When the little blighter only cost me five The veterinary surgeon saw me coming But I had to keep my feathered friend alive He was shaking on his perch, the kids were crying The family gathered round his little cage I said I think it's time we got a new one That's when the family went into a rage Oh, the waiting room ponged like a rat house With heartworms and lungworms and lice And a Persian had her eye on the shoebox oh, I suppose she thought our budgie might be nice Well, the bird shit on the veterinary surgeon I heard him say the dirty little chick Guess he wondered why I didn't use my brains And hit him over the head with a brick Oh, antibiotics for his colour Two drops a day on his beak Some powder on the nose for his feathers and Clean out his cage twice a week That's uh, the budgie song from John Williamson. Um, I used to think budgies, you know, kind of cute wee animals, cute wee birds. I always, don't know why I thought of them as single, but they've got massive flocks of budgies here in Australia. And for the third consecutive year around Alice Springs and in Outback Australia, there are huge flocks of them. Um, They've had lots of rain, which means lots of grass. And so what's happened is... uh, They've arrived and this is what they sound like, minus the piano. I don't think they're playing the piano. It's just, uh, if you've been, sometimes we go out and you'll be in the trees or something and you'll hear this just, all that it's... Uh, oh, it'd really keep you awake at night. Okay, um, on the kind of outsider theme in in this, you know, the things that we think and everything else, the, the number of things that people are seeking to ban. I was amazed that um, prevent signs of becoming an extremist are that you read C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien or watch The Great Railways of Britain. I'm serious. This is on their list. Um, that wow! I mean, that somebody sits in a government department and produces a document that says people reading Tolkien and and C.S. Lewis, you know, do you know this without a touch of irony, they've even got George Orwell's 1984 on their list. Man, I must be really suspect because I got all those books. Um, the other thing from the UK that I saw this week was just incredible. That uh, statues of Winston Churchill, Horatio Nelson. Earl Mountbatten of Burma and Oliver Cromwell, as well as the Cenotaph, are on a list of contentious statues compiled by Scotland Yard. Um, Contentious. I hope they're not thinking of removing the statue to Oliver Cromwell. But that's another story. All right. Have you seen this? That's The Witches by Roald Dahl, uh, 
Dahl, who died in 1990, one of the most successful children's authors of all time. I don't know if you're aware of this story, but um, I should say that he's sold, I think, 250 million copies of his book. He's been criticized for anti-Semitism, misogyny, and racism. However, Puffin have gone something that is, like, almost laughable. And that is, they have taken the book and the books, and they've rewritten them to take out offensive language. So that music you heard was from The Witches, filmed The Witches' book. Um... So there's lots of changes in that. So uh, 20 years ago, even if she's working as a cashier in a supermarket or typing letters for a businessman becomes, even if she's working as a top scientist or running a business. Yeah, you've got to have that. He said, I do not wish to speak badly about women. Most women are lovely. The new version, removed. There was something indecent about a bold woman, removed. How horrid, disgusting, my grandmother said, remove. This is my favourite. I think it's my absolute favourite. You can't go around pulling the hair of every lady you meet, even if she is wearing gloves. Just you try it and see what happens. That becomes, besides, there are plenty of other reasons why women might wear wigs, and there's a certain, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. <laughs> People say, "Don't do this." Are paid to do this. Fat and jolly becomes the jolly lady. Chambermaid becomes the cleaner. Um, ladies, uh, would any of you women listening to this? Uh, do you think that being called a, gl- a great flock of ladies is offensive, but being called a great l- group of ladies isn't? Because that's what that's changed to. Adorable dress becomes lovely dress. <laughs> a boy it will be for, for a certainty because girls are not keeping pet mice. That's gone. Um, him becomes them. Handbags becomes bag. His becomes its. Filthy old cow becomes monster. Maid becomes cleaner. Puffin and the Roald Dahl Story Company have worked with a group called Inclusive Minds, which is a collective for people who are passionate about inclusion and accessibility in children's literature. And as a result, as with all the inclusive people, they're excluding as much as they possibly can. Wow. All right. I need a well-dressed man. Sharp-dressed man. That's ZZ Top. Great song. Uh, but a man, a man, I'm a man. What's a man? Uh, this this is true. You know, we mentioned the Kate Forbes thing, and Kate Forbes is being attacked because of a hypothetical and because she thinks that marriage is between a man and a woman, right? She's been attacked for that. She's been attacked for belonging to the Free Church of Scotland. Meanwhile, in Scotland... This is how the government is run. The Scottish National Blood Transfusion Service, part of the NHS Scotland, which is, by the way, run by Homza Yousaf, is turning away male donors who refuse to say if they could be pregnant. I'm sorry, this is true. Um, A 56-year-old man wouldn't fill out the form because he said he was 56 and a man and he couldn't be pregnant. 
and the nurse said, well, we can't take your blood. With a real shortage of blood in Scotland, but we can take your blood because you won't fill out the form. The ultimate in tick-boxing bureaucracy, the ultimate in wokeism. We should be much more concerned about that than we are about whether Kate Forbes belongs to the free church or not. Look, this is what they say. When you come to give blood, you'll notice we do ask every donor the same questions, regardless of age, sex, or sexual orientation. Yeah, so, sure, you ask five-year-olds if they get pregnant? This makes the process fairer for all donors. The SMBTS added, we are doing our best to protect the health of an important subset of our donors, whilst not discriminating on the grounds of protected characteristics. Yeah, men who become pregnant, I'm sure there are lots of them in Scotland who are queuing up to donate blood. Wow. I feel an outsider in my own country. And then here's something else. I, I, I meant to play this last week, but uh, I'll play it this week. This is our old friend, Jordan Peterson. I haven't seen anything on the pornography front compared to what's going to be coming down with the advent of AI. Because now what's going to happen real soon is that this is already underway. Imagine a sign-up service where you can talk to a very attractive young woman and she's an AI. She can be as attractive as you want her to be and tuned exactly to your preferences. There's already a service offering this, by the way. So now you have a friend and that friend can keep track of your conversations and especially if you're lonesome and isolated, that might be the best friend you've ever had and certainly the most attractive person you've ever talked to. Now, it's not real, but you know, men are pretty damn visual. So it's got a long ways towards real. And then, you know, for your subscription fee, you can talk to the woman nude and then the whole avenue of sexual display is open to you. God only knows what that's going to do. And that combines the subject of AI. Um, the bitty says at the end, God only knows what that is going to do. Yeah, I think there's an unreality. It's an unreal there's an unreality in our politics. There's an unreality in much of our life. There's an people are creating artificial friends. Artificial sex. And the thing about believing in unreality is it's not there. I thought of this song actually to describe what's going on. You've got your AI artificial girlfriend. Well, here's the news for you from the zombies. Well no one told me about her. The way she lied Well no one told me about her How many people cried But it's too late to say you're sorry How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her She's not there Well let me tell you about the way she looked The way she acted, the color of her was soft and cool, her eyes were clear and bright, but she's not there. She's not there. Okay, one other subject. Um, I have been wrestling with doing this for weeks. Uh, I didn't want to do it, and I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. And I'll tell you why I have to do it, because I'm quite, I'm going to say happy is the wrong word, but I'm quite willing to talk about hypocrisy in sections of the church where maybe I've got other criticisms. But in my own section, if you like, which I guess is the Reformed world, sometimes it's really hard. You know, um, I want you, first of all, okay, uh, listen to this first of all. You no longer walk just as the Gentiles also walk. You can't live that way anymore. 
You didn't learn Christ in that way. You can't live that way anymore. You can't. You've been transformed. You've been transformed. If you're a true believer, you are living in that transformation. And it is marked by your love for the Lord, your desire to worship Him, your love for those He loves, and obedience to His law with joy and delight. But the corrupt world tries to seduce you, tries to pull you in, but you'll never again become a slave of sin. You've been transformed. John said in 1 John, if if any goes if anyone goes out from us, it only manifests they never were of us. That's John MacArthur. Um, marvelous preacher in lots of ways. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't listen to him. I've never been to any of his conferences or his church. No, lots of people have. Um, I actually don't even read his books. I, I read one strange fire, which I didn't particularly enjoy. But um, when I heard some recently some stories, I put them down to gossip. I, I tend not to try and there's so many things that go around. But there's a, a woman called Julie Royce and she does a remarkable work. And uh, there's a story that's, I I think, more than sufficiently evidenced. This is not gossip. I just think this is so depressing. So Grace Community Church in California, massive church, which is run by MacArthur. Um, There's a horrendous story that's come out. It's come out about several women. But there is a man, an elder, a former elder called Cho, who was asked, uh, he was on the elder board and he's a lawyer and he was asked to study a case of this woman. And he asked, he said basically her case was correct, that she had been badly treated by the church. Her name's Elaine Gray. I'm not giving anything up with that. I think she's actually an incredibly brave woman. Her husband was in- abusive and the church disciplined her for not going back to her husband. He has ended up in jail for abusing his own children. There were women, other women in the church who have been doubted, dismissed, and ex- implicitly or explicitly threatened with discipline while trying to get away from abusive marriages. So Cho wrote a 20-page memo um, saying, I genuinely believe it would be wrong to do nothing. At the end of the day, I know what I know. I cannot unknow it. And I am, in fact, accountable before God for this knowledge. You are accountable before God for it as well. Well... Last March, Cho was teaching on conscience and conviction, and he's had to live it out. Um, it's, it's interesting, all the stuff about him and his sermons on have been removed from their website. Uh, I, yeah, I'm so, so saddened by this. But I'll tell you this, I wish my Reformed brothers and sisters who know John MacArthur would call him out. And would he, he should be disciplined. He should be the one who is disciplined. I know he's got his own church and does his own thing. But I still think by the wider community, we should be disowning this. Um, I think it's an appalling way to behave. I think it causes the gospel to be blasphemed. I think it causes Reformed theology, which I think is biblical theology, to be dismissed. And I know people instinctively act um, defensively, but... How can we act defensively in this? So it's really sad. Please pray for it. There's so much sadness. So many, you know, I say in in 
what's the word? Um, I heard Ruth Naomi Floyd sing, well, some motherless child, sometimes I feel like a motherless child. You feel like an outsider. And yet we need to remember, the Lord is still in control. I'm, I'm going to leave you. We began with Gaelic, so I'm going to leave you with some, some Gaelic psalm singing. Now, to some of you, this will be so strange and you may even hate it, but it's an acquired taste like, how dare I say it, like fine wine. This is Psalm 46, verses 1 and 2 in Gaelic. Uh, they do take this long to sing just the two verses. But I think it's extraordinarily beautiful. Words even more so. In English it is, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in tr trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. God is our refuge and our strength. In the midst of all this stuff, that's what we've got. God bless you. Hopefully see you next week. Hopefully I'll be uh, fully recovered by then. Um, please do keep in touch. Thanks to Peter for producing this. Uh, please do go on to the website to get all the links that I've spoken about. And if you want to support us, go to the Podbean fundraiser. God bless you and bye.